0: life is more than a side effect so that really got me thinking it's like are you really going to spend your whole life just getting high is that is that what the purpose is that what your the purpose of your existence is is that what it's going to be that's dumb that's a wasted existence in my opinion so
1: that was josh roberts i'm justin barton and this is the journey through life podcast Thanks for tuning in. I'm really excited about this conversation. Josh Roberts is actually my cousin. He's much younger than me, and we didn't have a ton of interactions as we were younger. But I've seen him grow up from a young child with the the, the light of life and the excitement of life in his eyes and, and just the, the brightest future ahead of him, and seen him r- go through some struggles in life. And now, over the last couple of years, I've really seen kind of a resurgence of meaning in his life and wanted to reach out and just have this conversation with him to see about the path of his life, what experience he's had that have kind of brought him to where he is today and where he hopes to go in the future. It was really a nice conversation and a nice opportunity for he and I, to catch up after many years of not really having opportunities to speak with each other. I think I'm going to entitle this episode, When You Blame Others, You Don't Get Anywhere. So kind of consider that phrase as you're listening to this conversation with Josh. Josh. Now, before moving on to this conversation, I just want to reiterate the excitement that I have to be partnered up with this company called A Life Untold. A Life Untold is an online business that makes it easy, fun, and affordable to record yours or a loved one's life story. We all have relatives who we've heard countless stories about, but never had the chance to meet. I sure wish I had done... I would have done something like this with several of my relatives before it was too late. This is a chance to not allow this to ever happen again. The great thing about A Life Untold is that anyone can use it to write their life story using the web-based self-guided interview. Others may choose to have one of A Life Untold's biographers do a live over-the-phone interview. Now listeners of the Journey Through Life podcast We'll save 10% on all services and products by using the promotional code Justin at checkout. That's Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, when checking out at alifeuntold.com. Now, let's get right to the story of Josh Roberts and his walk through life. So, Josh, this is really cool. I mean, we're, we're cousins, but you're like quite a bit younger than me. How old are you?
0: I am 28 this month.
1: Dude, you're like so, sixteen. I uh, 16 years younger than me. <laughs> my and sister
0: just deep sighed in the background. I'm I'm old now. I'm I am are, getting pretty old. <laughs> you are
1: old. And I think your mom is 16 years older than me, too. So 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 our age differences are pretty much they pretty much align. So I I I look back at my relationship with your mom when I was young as kind of this older cousin, even though she was my aunt, you know, and we're cousins. But she yes. was like this older cousin. We had fun, and I remember doing just looking up to her and going, "Man, she's really cool. I want to be kind of like her." So, tell me a little bit about uh, where you come from. Tell me about some of the things that made you, from a small child, some of your first memories.
0: First memories that really, I guess, kind of shaped who I was were—I don't know. I'm trying to think of what really, as a child, made me who I am or made me what I became or probably how I enjoy life is very much like my dad I guess in ways and also like my mom but my dad was always kind of not taking things too seriously. He always had good jokes and things like that. It would make him fun to be around and he was a very personable guy I Mm -hmm. feel. So I feel like I have some of that with me. Also they did instill very good morals in me. I will say that. They, they made sure I wasn't, they always made sure I was fed and clothed and safe and things like that.
1: What are some of the, you mentioned they instilled some good morals in you. What are some of those morals that you envision those being?
0: Um, respecting others, respecting others' property. That one took me a little while to learn, but <laughs> <laughs> I understand now that i I own property it kind of does make sense that you know you don't want someone coming over and breaking your stuff or stealing your stuff so yeah basically respect others be kind to others also just they were good people they raised me in a way that I feel like I never really wanted or needed something it was always Mm -hmm. provided and just I, I had a pretty good upbringing
1: very cool Let's see who were like the oldest relatives on either side of your family that you remember something fairly significant from like an interaction you had with this old person, you know, that, that meant something to you.
0: I would say on the Barton side, my grandpa Barton, I do remember not very well, but I remember how hard he worked and the things he would do. He, I mean, he built his own house. Um, there's a picture That I have, I think I was riding a tractor that he was driving when we were building this house down in Saint George. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the Provo house that my family had Um, built—it was an unfinished basement—and they, my grandpa, helped finish that. Mm. Even throughout in Texas, I remember him putting in a ceiling fan in our family room, and he just—I skipped school that day, and he he, always—he one quote that stuck with me was kind of like school's important but there's also things that you can learn outside of school and it's not always you have to go to school there you can work with your hands and that's okay
1: yeah I remember him saying this and, and it makes my wife mad every time I say it but it's something that I remember him saying and the words that I remember was don't let your kids education get in the way of their learning <laughs> so if, if I, you got yeah, something I didn't remember important that quote, to learn pull yes. them out of school you know
0: Yes, exactly. That's not the most, they don't teach you the most important things in the school system. Yes, that's
1: right. I can agree with that. Oh, that's really cool. How about on on the other side of your family? Um, The Robert's side, uh, probably my grandma, Terry, she
0: is, there's just something about her house. Anytime you walk in, you feel loved, accepted, just the way she nurtures, just anyone who's in her house, like the way she hosts and, you just feel like you're in a safe haven. You really do. You feel loved the second you walk in. I really look up to her also as well.
1: Very cool. So how do you incorporate those two people's you know, qualities, the hard work and the nurturing? How do you try and incorporate that into your own home and in into your own life? Um, I would say
0: my wife is probably better at incorporating the um, grandma terry roberts side she's very loving and kind and those are things i'm trying to still learn to incorporate into my life i'm i'm very impatient with people it's i'm just impatient and not as happy and easygoing as my wife or grandma grandma terry basically um the hard work side that's what kind of keeps me going from my grandpa barton Mm-hmm. Uh that's what keeps me still going at work. I'm a mechanic so we work pre- or I work pretty hard. My buddies work pretty hard as well. He's just always been a guy I could look up to as hey, he worked hard, he can do it. He I can do it. Like working hard and being able to provide for yourself is something that I really it's really important in my life.
1: Yeah, and being I
0: self that. self-sufficient.
1: Self-sufficient and that's kind of where I want to talk for just a minute that's really cool now you became a mechanic but what was your what was your career path to get to that point
0: um to become a mechanic uh, i'm going to say i made quite a few bonehead choices
1: <laughs> that's, right?
0: that's that's where that started um i'll be honest about that i made bonehead choices and i did not pursue an education which I don't know that that honestly would have made me happier had I pursued an education. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm really a desk, sit behind a desk type of guy Mm -hmm. and read emails and stare at a computer screen. I don't know that I could do that, but I don't know. Um, What led me to it was basically I had a choice. I guess I woke up one morning and I saw myself and my future kind of, and I thought, no, I can't just keep working for minimum wage. I can't do this. I won't ever be self-sufficient if I don't strive for more. And my drive to be self-sufficient is what basically put me into, uh, I was working at Napa Auto Parts as a delivery driver. So on one of my routes, I talked to a shop. Actually, I was talking to a lot of shops. I was delivering car parts too. And I said, I'll come here on the weekends and work for free. Can I just get my foot in the door? I just want to get my foot in the door. And a shop actually opened up and said, yeah, you mm-hmm. can come in on weekends and work for us for free. It's fine. And after a couple of weeks of that, they actually hired me on full-time as an apprentice.
1: Awesome. So when you were going in on the weekends and working for free, were you like just running, getting tools for the other mechanics? Or what types of things were you doing for free?
0: Yeah, I was a pretty much just kind of a shop slave but at the same time like I'd empty trash but I was just learning because honestly I had no I I had no idea how cars worked or anything (laughs) I didn't even take automotive in high school so it was kind of a whole new everything was just like a learning experience at that point in time I learned a lot but um I'm gonna say well I've been Uh, probably about 23 24 just before I turned 24 is when I started that uh, apprenticeship
1: so what made you what do you think as you look back you said you know I woke up one morning and I went I'm on a dead-end path here I'm if I want to be self-sufficient I need to make some changes why do you think you came to that conclusion there what what happened the night before or whatever that that made you go hmm this is this I need to make a change um I think it was
0: mostly just me being unhappy in my life. And I didn't know what I could do to fix. it. I really don't like counting on other people or blaming other people for my shortcomings or my unhappiness. So I tried to, I don't know if it was that night, but really there was a particular morning. I don't remember the date of it, but I woke up and I just thought, you know what there's got to be something i can do to get out of this place i'm in so i was thinking hey you know what i could at least try i know enough about car parts maybe i could maybe that could be a career path for me be a mechanic mm-hmm. and so far it's turned out pretty well Yeah, basically that morning i just i woke up and just was just really kind of not happy that i was going to work for minimum wage and I had nowhere to really go, and I didn't want to continue living at my parents' house, I guess. Mm. I felt like a failure living under my parents' roof and costing them money when, you know, I felt like I should have been self-sufficient by then. I should have been able to provide for myself at that point.
1: Mm. You mentioned, let's see, how did you word that? Something to the effect of... you you never wanted to blame others for your shortcomings or the situations you were in. Is that a quality you've always had? Is that something you've learned through painful experience or, or tell me a little bit about that.
0: Um, I'm going to say throughout high school, I did a lot of blaming doesn't get you anywhere. And I did learn that I learned when you blame others, instead of moving on to towards a solution, you don't really get anywhere. Like you just will stay in your rut and you'll be mad at others for what's going on to you. Like what's happening in your life. Sure. Others may have played a role in what has happened to you, Mm -hmm. but it is up to you and how you react to the situations you are dealing with. I love that, but I I didn't always have that built in. No, I did. I, I used to be angry and had a lot of malice and spite towards family members, friends, all kinds of just, I would blame people for my situations when really I should have looked at myself and said, look, if you didn't make this choice, or if you would have made this choice, you would be in a total different, a totally different area in your life or situation in your life Mm. right now.
1: Is there a certain choice as you look back, if I didn't make this choice or if I did make that choice, you know, things may have been different where you go, Hmm, uh, if I could go back, I would do that differently.
0: Yeah. I would say there are very specific instances that if I could go back in time and tell myself not to do something, I I would definitely do it. Um, yeah, there's times where I look back at my life and think, wow, what a bonehead move. Why would I even think that was going to work out? (laughs) So you willing to share one of those? Um, yeah, sure.
1: Go ahead. Uh,
0: probably right after, well, not right after high school. After high school, I moved in with this girl who we had a pretty serious relationship. After that, um, I moved to California to live with my parents because I wasn't making it on minimum wage and she was going to school and it was just not working out. So, um, I ended up moving to California to move in with my parents and Back then, I was on a pretty bad self-destructive path. I was into drugs and things like that in California, a lot of partying, a lot of things that I just shouldn't have gotten into. And uh, I ended up moving out to Ohio to live with a bunch of friends from high school. That, I think, was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. That right there was – I mean – For experiences and life experiences, that's where I think I did learn the most that like I can't count on others to provide for me. That's where I guess I could say I hit rock bottom Hmm. and where I thought, hey, you know what? I need to turn my life around, at least get a career before I try to go back out there or whatever. So that was the main mistake. If I could go back in time, I would probably... Told myself, you know what, don't go to Ohio, start focusing on getting a career or just be productive, a, pr- a productive member of society, I guess.
1: Right. Now, but you said you learned a lot when you made that choice to go to Ohio. Um, probably pretty painful lessons, but they were lessons that probably have meant a lot to you. So how have you developed some of those rock bottom, hitting your head on the bottom of the swimming pool as hard as you can Things and turn them into, you know, where you're uh, feeling like, hey, I'm progressing. I'm I, I'm learning something and moving forward now.
0: At first, it it did take a while to even learn lessons from that, but um, I guess I became I wouldn't say homeless, but I was living with a friend with no job in Ohio. That's when it really opened my eyes. That look, I'm living off of people, and. I just I you don't feel good or at least I don't feel good when I'm not providing for myself and once I started when when I moved back to California from Ohio I guess that's when I really started taking at least some of those lessons and thinking you know what no one should have to pay for my existence no one should have to pay for me to just do whatever I want like I should be able to pay for myself to do what I want but no one should be there giving me money for no reason or giving me a house for no reason. Like, no, I should, I should have to earn it. And that was, it basically came that, I just remember one specific night in Ohio when, um, I made that realization that I need to go back to California and I need to have a different mindset. And it was, I was, I started a new job at Outback Steakhouse as a dishwasher but I didn't have a car or anything. And it was, I want to say it was like November. So it was pretty cold in Ohio. Mm. And I had gotten extremely wet from the washing all the dishes. Mm. And uh, I had to walk probably about, I don't know how many miles. It was probably at least a mile and a half or more Mm -hmm. from Outback to the house where I was staying. And it was really cold. And I thought, you know what, this is my own fault. Like if I hadn't made these choices and that's where I really just, it kind of like blew up for me. Like, you know what, I could actually get a better job and provide for myself and still have some of the fun that I want to have.
1: Yeah. So I love that phrase and that's a really coming to yourself, a, a real self realization phrase. This is all my fault. So what was your emotion when you basically said that to yourself? This is all my fault. Were you angry? Were you sad? How did you feel?
0: Well, at first I I was angry because I knew I was going to have to walk home and I knew I was wet and it's just going to be cold and miserable. And I was angry, but I kind of at that moment stopped blaming others. I thought, you know what? This is, (laughs) I mean, this is my fault so it was a good realization but it was also kind of a bad one yeah so the emotion was very a very mixed emotion it wasn't i wasn't really happy but i would say i was at least i i had self realization which was good but at the same time i was still kind of devastated by the fact that why did i do this to myself like yeah. what <laughs> why would i make these choices
1: you know those those come to yourself moments suck but
0: uh they change your life they change in a life. lot of ways yeah. if
1: you let them right yeah if, 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 you, let them, you,
0: if you listen
1: this sucks and blame somebody and and said i'm just gonna you know keep kicking against the, the the whole fabric of reality here and trying to fight against it you know exactly so so now that you have been in that place how how do you when you see somebody who's hitting rock bottom is there how do you react to that
0: when i see people struggling or hitting rock yeah. bottom
1: yeah when they when they are in this moment where hey this is a possible pivotal moment of i suck i need to change how do, <laughs> how do you react to that i guess it
0: really depends cuz Some people, it takes more than one rock bottom, Mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. They'll go back to their situations. And I'd say most people actually hit rock bottom more than once. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still trying to gain patience for these people because a lot of them cause a lot of damage to other people while they're doing the things they're doing to hit rock bottom. So it takes extreme patience to deal with these types of people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I at least have a slight amount of imp- empathy, like, hey, I've been there. It makes me want to kind of say, look, this is what I've done. This is what happened with me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and try to get them out of that place. But I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends, even well, old friends from high school, they still haven't really climbed out of rock bottom or the mindset that society has done this to them. Yeah. So it's kind of like after they choose to stay there, I kind of abandon those types of people, to be honest, because it's an it's honestly a negative influence and just energy in my life that you know what, you could have you had the same opportunities I had, even like me and you were both homeless on the streets of Finley, Ohio. Like I chose to do this and you're still doing what I ran away from like right. why what's taken you so long and then they just find their scapegoats of oh yeah well if society wasn't this way or that way you can't really control how society is mm-hmm. so you might as well at least try to make it as good as you can for yourself
1: yeah so, so have you ever felt that let's let's go to this person that you referred to, and I don't know who they are, and I don't need to know this person that you were on the streets in Finley, Ohio, homeless with that apparently is still kind of living in that uh cycle Has that person ever blamed you for for uh, where they're at? Have you ever felt any anger or uh envy towards you from that person? I would say definitely envy.
0: I mean, they, in a way they wanted to have a house, have all the things that I've had, but they haven't worked. Like They don't work for it. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of, we were best friends back then. Now it's more of, oh, you sold out, oh, this or that. So they have those feelings of either. I don't know if you could say jealousy or just maybe they are disappointed that I, I guess, sold out to the system, which, Mm. I mean, if that's what that is, I mean, I'm just trying to live a happy existence. (laughs) like I'm trying to as much as I can. And it's just kind of funny when they want to stop you from trying to accomplish your goals. Like if your goals don't match theirs, or if even if they did match theirs, and you succeed and they didn't they will always try to drag you back down it's kind of the uh the the crabs in the in the bucket mindset like i'll pull you back in if you're climbing out of this hole you know
1: yeah well that's awesome that the you've kind of been able to break free now now we've dwelt a lot in the mud here we've talked a lot about the pain the 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 dumb choices i guess <laughs> share with me a a victory like a moment where you accomplished something because of hard work because of whatever it was that you feel hey this has changed my trajectory in a major way
0: i would say a moment i was probably most proud of after all my dumb choices is when a level three tech which is like the highest chrysler tech comes up to me and asks me for my opinion on something in at, at work that's just for work i guess a guy who's been working on cars for easily 30 years comes up to me and says oh can you help me with this electrical issue i really need help and we found it and that made me i don't know it just gave me a sense of pride and like hey look i'm i've learned what i wanted to learn and i'm now able to use it and help guys who have been in the field for 30 years that they didn't even know what, where to go, what to do.
1: Now, you said that you're, you mentioned earlier before we started recording that you're working on some hobbies, on gaining some hobbies and some things that you've done in the past. You go down to the skate park, for example, doing some skating. What types of things do you observe there that you're... you're turning into into an old man a grandpa of spewing <laughs> you find yourself spewing wisdom at people ever
0: um yeah i'm very much an opinionated person and also i do like to share bits of what i consider <laughs> wisdom uh-huh i
1: don't
0: I, I don't know why i'm so open-mouthed and always have to say things about situations but um yeah i do find myself spewing wisdom and trying to tell people how I got out of a situation, so they should have no problem. Whereas I, see, that's where I wish I had more of my grandma Terry in me so I could access that empathy and be like, you know what, this person doesn't need a lesson right now. This person needs love and maybe some support if they're going in the right direction. Yeah. (laughs) But um, like at the skate park, it kind of makes me, see like i see the kids who really are into skateboarding and that's like it's kind of cool just seeing like the progressions of the the kids that really try and get into it and the kids who are there because there's ways to find drugs and things like that you can see the different circles of skateboarders even Mm. and the ones who are really like trying and stuff they accomplish tricks and things that are much it takes much more skill than the kids who just show up to you know hang out with friends and do the things that you know aren't going to lead them in a into a good place in my opinion
1: well cool what uh, so so you mentioned that sometimes when you're spewing wisdom sometimes you need to access that uh, a little bit more of the sympathy the empathy the love have you had people in your life that have You mentioned your grandma. Yeah. But other people in your life who have put their arm around you and kind of been a mentor to you as you've walked through these paths.
0: I would say my parents did a good job, but I was not going to learn unless I hit rock bottom, which Mm -hmm. that's where I've really come to, I guess, support tough love like more so than empathy or anything like that. I mean, you can have both and that's where I need to find in my, in myself. I need to find the middle ground there, but the tough love was the way I learned. It's I had to hit rock bottom. I had to have that self-realization to change my uh, trajectory or my course. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of people need that, but at the same time, a lot of people also still need the love and the empathy. My parents did have, they had to have a lot of patience with me and they did show me a lot of love. And my mom was very empathetic. My dad, not so much on the empathy side, but right. I needed more of the tough love. The empathy I would have probably used and manipulated against them.
1: So. Mm. So, so do you feel some like proverbial two befores up that so upside the head that your dad threw, you know, threw your way or, or anything like that that kind of straightened you up at all? Or was it more of a, uh, I hate you for hitting me?
0: At first it was more of the uh, blame my parents. Yeah. Why did, why would you act this way? Why would you treat me this way? But looking back on it, to be honest, it's been, what's made me who I am. It's not, I I don't blame others now. I don't, I'm more self-sufficient and I, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be, I would probably be demanding people pay for my existence and things like that (laughs) too. If, if I hadn't been hit up side the head with these uh, proverbial two by fours or so like, I'm actually more appreciative of um, these more of the tough love. Like I, I can understand that more than I can someone like, I guess there, there's definitely a difference between enabling and empathy, but if you have too much empathy and you don't give enough tough love, I feel like you will enable someone to the point of where they will get what they won't be manipulating you at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there definitely are people who, um, take advantage of that, that soft, put my arm around you type love, you know? Yes. Um, are there people whether they're you know big time authors or speakers or what is there a person that has really resonated with you that has given advice or said things that you've gone man I, I really like that person and you 've dug deep into whatever that person is saying and kind of become i don 't know a disciple or something like that of that person
0: i wouldn't say there's a person i mean there I guess there are um, Certain people, I would follow their philosophies. Like, I do uh, lean towards the Libertarians and Ron Paul. I really like the way he thinks things should be run. But Mm -hmm. um, music, I listen to a lot of music, and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of lyrics that have definitely stuck with me and kind of served as a personal philosophy throughout life.
1: What's, what is an example of, uh, whether it be a band or a, or a specific song, some specific lyrics that you can kind of put at the base of that philosophy?
0: Um, I would say there's a song by a band called Billy Talent, and the lyrics in it, um, they say, silver, stu- silver spoons can never buy the wisdom of a hard-earned life. Like, there's there's things that, like, if you're born into a lot of wealth and a lot of just privilege, I guess, you won't really learn much. You'll already have the things you need, and you won't have to go out and earn them or get them. And then there's another band by the name of Circa Survive, and um, one of their lyrics is, uh, life is more than a side effect. So that really got me thinking, it's like, are you really going to spend your whole life just getting high is that is that what the purpose is that what your the purpose of your existence is is that what it's going to be that's dumb that's a wasted existence in my opinion so
1: yeah so what brings meaning to your life today
0: that is the hard part <laughs> i mean yeah. that's a hard question for me right now the meaning of my life is i see it as basically work and trying to make sure my wife Maddie is happy. That is Mm. what right now. That's what I guess I find the most joy in. And I take the most pride in is making sure that my wife is taken care of. Mm. And that's what keeps me going.
1: Does that feel like a vicious or an endless cycle sometimes? Or or is there meaning? Do you, do you find some meaning to it?
0: Um, it does feel like a, a, it gets very, um, repetitive and mundane and it, does drive me nuts at sometimes it it is something I definitely struggle with but I do feel extremely happy when she when I can tell she is having a good time or she has gotten something she wanted or it does fulfill me like I do feel like, Hey, look, it's not all for nothing. Like you worked hard and you were able to give her this or you took her on a vacation. Look at how happy she is. She's enjoying her time. Like, mm-hmm.
1: And I've never met Maddie, but from everything that I've seen or whatever, she sounds like a fantastic person. How the heck did you end up with her?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that is actually a good question. Me and her are almost polar opposites in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I'm more rough around the edges and kind of impatient and she's everything that I need to become. Yeah. <laughs> so how did we end up together? Well, we met at a, our our well, it's my cousin and her nephew. So it's going to be weird. It's going to be like Alabama up in here. Uh-huh, right uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so basically I'll just tell you the family relation between us. It's, My uncle Adam on the Robert's side married her sister. Uh So she was Adam's sister-in-law and I married her. (laughs) Yeah. Adam's wife's sister is my wife. Awesome. So, but, um, I guess how did we click if that's what you're meaning by how did I end up with her more than just the story we Mm -hmm. met at a birthday party (sighs) ever since I met her, I've thought she was. So amazing. I. It's because of, she has a condition, well, not really condition, it's just, well, yeah, I guess you'd call it a condition or maybe even a handicap. She was born with spina, spina bifida.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which uh, doctors basically told her parents she'd never walk, she'd never talk, mm-hmm. she just wouldn't be able to do anything. And she's been through 20 or 21 surgeries, I believe it's 20 surgeries in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. And she's just had this positive outlook on life, which is something I struggle with daily. I'm such a negative, pessimistic pers- person, mm-hmm. and I've always like just looked at her and said, "How? Like what? You've had probably one of the hardest existences a human can actually have, and you're still going. You're still happy. You're still you're still an opt an optimist. Like mm-hmm. uh, how?" and I wanted to feel that way or be with someone who at least felt that way. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try to learn from her and just the things that she has been through to how she is now is just, I still, I still can't comprehend it. It's just, it amazes me, honestly. Mm. So that is how I, I guess, became attracted to her. You'd have to ask her for the reasons why she ended up with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got some good qualities. I'm sure she wouldn't have. (laughs) (laughs) That's super cool. What other stories or words of wisdom or whatever do you feel like you want to share and get out there?
0: I don't know really what I would want to put out there other than I would say try to become self-sufficient, try to have empathy, take personal responsibility for who you are, what you do, and always strive to be better is one thing. Keep striving to be better. Keep working on yourself. Uh, Everyone makes bonehead moves. Everyone gets set back. Everyone has setbacks or, and I don't think you ever stop making bonehead moves. Maybe they get less tragic, I guess. Maybe you make less tragic, yeah, less tragic bonehead moves in your life. But I think you're always going to have obstacles to overcome. And basically, what makes someone who they are is how they overcome their obstacles. Hmm. That becomes who you are is something bad happens to you or something that is really hard happens to you, how you react to it and how you overcome it ultimately will make you a stronger, better person or, or vice versa. It can make you a worse person. If you become, if you choose to let anger take over or the malice and the spite take over, if you start blaming others, like that's not going to get you anywhere.
1: Mm. So how do you envision carrying this philosophy um, forward through the rest of your life?
0: Um, I guess I hope to learn more patience, more empathy to pair this with the philosophy I have. I'd hope that I can become a little more empathetic, a little more patient for people who are going through the same learning curves and just watching people. Maybe I can start lending more of a hand, more Mm -hmm. of a helping hand Um, but I think no matter what, I don't know what it is, but I've always been born with a need to be independent and self-sufficient. So I think that's a huge part of who I am is free. I have to have liberty and I have to be self-sufficient and independent of anyone else. So I hope I can pair that philosophy with a little more empathy because not everyone wants to be self-sufficient and I need to learn that some people like, being taken care of, and they mm-hmm. really thrive on getting empathy from others. Many people nowadays, especially, well, the millennials, the people that, are the generation that everyone likes to bag on, the millennials, mm-hmm. love to play the victim. But in my opinion, if you play the victim, you're never going to get out of being the victim. Mm. You will always stay a victim as long as you think you're a victim. And Once you start overcoming the things that make you a victim, that's when your life's going to
1: change. Have you ever done and and this is kind of going back again to some things because of something you've said here? Have you ever done sat down and done like a uh, like a uh, a twelve steps a fourth step like an inventory where you've gone through and made an inventory of your whole life of all the. The, the negative emotions, uh, the the fears, the harms that ha- that you've been involved with. Have you ever done something like that before?
0: I wouldn't say I have. I haven't really gone through and tried to analyze my fears and emotions and the things that I've been through.
1: Um, yeah, you should sure talk like you have.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I guess I do. I do overanalyze. That's another. Either I I see it as a good quality, but lots of people can see it as a bad quality. Um, People who overanalyze things. I do overanalyze things and I get stuck on things and repeat things over and over again until I really have talked myself through what has gone on, why has it gone on, what do I need to change, and then I just repeat, what do I need to change, what do I need to change, I become fixated on the things I should be changing.
1: Yeah, and and that self-reflection is vital in that. What was my part in this? What was my part in this failure or in this negative emotion that I have? Why am I feeling this way? And what do I need to do to change that, that part of me? So that's exactly. really cool that, uh, that you've been able to do that without, um, necessarily having going through, you know, like that, the step four of a 12 step program, searching and in fearless inventory. But that's, that's, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that stuff. All right, man. Well, unless there's anything else you want to share or or, or talk about, I think, I think this has been a really good conversation, and it's been fun for me.
0: Yeah, it's been fun for me as well. It feels good to talk to other people just to not even vent, but just tell them where I've come from, what I've been through. It feels good to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think that through this, I mean – the, the journey through life podcast that I'm just starting and you're going to be one of the first five or six episodes of it. But I think that a lot of people will gain some good um, insights because it's, it's people like you and me and, and regular people who have just walked through life and hit our heads against the wall multiple times or, <laughs> or had victories and you know, whatever it is that the others can go, huh? Well, that person's not special. And they've done this. I can do that. You know that's yeah. kind of the goal with it. But also, I think you have the opportunity, really, before you that as you start incorporating a little bit more empathy, man, you can be a huge influence for good in in a lot of people's lives, and you already are. But you can be a, a massive one. So that would be awesome.
0: I would. That would be one of my uh, probably that could be a, not even just a hobby, but maybe a passion is trying to help others get through life. If they're really struggling, I wouldn't mind going to a bunch of drug addicts, maybe even just tell them, Hey, look, this is what I changed. And this is what has worked for me. If it can help you guys. Cause I've spent my time enough time around drug addicts to know like, Hey, look, (laughs) if you're going to keep hanging out here, doing this, doing that, doing the other, you're not going to succeed in your goal to get clean.
1: Yeah. So, so I'm a recovering addict. If I went through 12 step and I still attend 12 step programs twice a week. And um, that has brought more meaning to me is now others have put their arms around me and walked with me and said, Hey, let's get through some recovery here and do something. Now I can find somebody who I see where I've been and I can put my arm around him with a two before arm. Hey, let's <laughs> go. Whack. Let's go. On, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's meant everything to me. Um, it's been very helpful. So I can see, I can totally see you doing stuff like that and yeah, being a real be help fun. to others. So, Josh, it's been fun, man.
0: Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on the podcast.
1: So there you go. That was an enjoyable conversation with Josh. I was grateful to be able to catch up with him and to really learn a lot about his story that I, parts that I had no idea about. Um, You know, from, from conversations like this with individuals who, whether we know they struggle or we don't know they struggle, really brings the humanity into life. I really appreciate people who are willing to share their struggles, their victories, their um, lessons learned with me and with you, the listening audience. If you or anybody you know has a story to tell, a legacy to leave, a, an experience that would help others as they traverse this existence called life, I would love to talk with you. If that is the case, please email me at the JTL podcast at gmail.com. Also, please like us on Facebook at JTL podcast. Look for us, like us, follow us. Also on um, Instagram, we started it with Instagram. Just look up JTL podcast, you'll find us there. Follow us there. You can also listen to all the old episodes of the podcast by going to jtlpod.com or subscribing to the journey through life podcast on any of the major podcast platforms that you use to get all of your favorite podcasts please subscribe review rate and tell everybody what you think of the journey through life podcast thank you very much and we'll talk to you again next week